Beth Albright, and I am so excited to have one of my closest friends in the industry and someone that I aspire to be more like, Kara Ruda. Best-selling author, Kara Ruda, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, thanks for having me, Beth. You have had the most unbelievable roadmap of a career. No, I don't think anybody else could follow it. You started actually in nonfiction. Let's dig into that. Tell me a little bit about that and what you were doing at the time. What was your life like then? Well, I mean, I don't think I have a roadmap, but it just kind of unfolds. You know how they say best laid plans. So I think (laughs) mostly it just kind of happened. I mean, I knew I always wanted to write since third grade. I knew I wanted to be a novelist, but when my first book came out, it was a surprise because I was running a residential real estate franchise uh, company called Real Living and a brand I created. So I'd been speaking to our real estate agents across the country and franchisees about how to build a personal brand and how to put your passions into action and build, you know, in this case, a business specifically because 60% of our of our agents were women, specifically speaking to women entrepreneurs. So as I was doing that, I, I kind of got asked to write a book. And so I did. I wrote this uh, proposal and um, I sent it to an agent and to a publisher because I didn't know that you're not allowed to do that back then. And um, I got a call from Wiley and from an agent on the same day. She's like, don't call them back. I'll call them back for you. So anyway, so that happened. So Real You Incorporated came about um, and it's eight essentials for women entrepreneurs and kind of a roadmap on how to build a personal brand and then put that personal brand into the business you love. And you so that actually took your own advice and did the same thing. Eventually. Yeah. Eventually. Because I was not, I mean, I, I love marketing as well. My dad's a marketing professor. So it's kind of like I, I say I had my marketing MBA growing up. And so I was doing that. And I, I love that side of the business too. But I did always want to write a novel. So I finally did. I was speaking to a group of women after my book came out did a book tour and I realized I was telling all of them to put their passion into action and live the life of their dreams. And then I went home and I'm like, wait a minute, are you doing that? And I was like, that's when I got down. So that's your your first novel then came out of that, out of your own advice. Gosh. And essential. tell me the name of that book again. So um, my first book was Real You Incorporated, Eight Essentials for Women Entrepreneurs. And it's still still out there, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then my first fiction book was called "Is Here Home Hope," and in that you'll you meet a woman who's trying to change her life, and she has a whole things to change list. And it was similarly in tone to the nonfiction book, kind of. It's interesting you talk about fictionalizing your real life because everything we're going to get to that in a minute, but everything took a really big turn for you because you were writing. (laughs) We'll go there in just a second because it's quite the new turn. Um, but you were in Columbus, Ohio, and you kind of, you know, wanted to materialize everything that you have now. So with just writing the novel, how did that happen? Because some people say, oh, I just want to write a novel and I'll change my life. And it doesn't really happen for them. How did you yeah, make I mean, it happen for you? I, I think, you know, I, I think you really want to, you, you need to want to do it. And it, and of course, unless you're writing a memoir, it's not your life story. <laughs> it's something from the imagination, right? So mm-hmm. it's it's based on your experiences because you do write what you know in a sense, but it's all twisted around and it's all a different story. So fortunately for me, um, the muse, she's always been kind of there hovering. And as Picasso said, inspiration is everywhere, but yeah. you have to be sitting and doing the work for it to come to you. So I think that's the main thing is just to get started and just start writing. Yeah. 
Well, you, you have literally been one of my biggest inspirations because you are writing women's fiction and some romance. Yep. And then all of a sudden you took this giant U-turn and I'm going to hold the book up because I love this book. Best Day Ever comes out and it's in the voice of a man on top of everything else. I mean, that's quite a U-turn from Here, Home, Hope and the Goodbye Year, which I adored. And all of a sudden now this this is creepy Kara. Where did, where did that come from? No, isn't it weird? I just kept getting darker and darker and darker. Yeah. And I, I What the heck's <laughs> going on in your life here? <laughs> yeah, I, I think it was funny. I had um I will never forget a lunch with uh a, another author locally around here and uh she she was sitting across from me and I was talking about goodbye year and how it was gonna have some darkness in it, which it does. And she like spit out her coffee. She's like, you don't write dark. You're light and happy. I'm like, no, I write dark. I think, again, you write what you know. Uh, Best Day Ever came about when I was writing um, another kind of sweet women's fiction. It was going to be a series about moms and (laughs) fight over a salad bar at school. Anyway, and (laughs) that my agent was editing or reviewing. And all of a sudden, Paul from Best Day Ever popped into my head. And, you know. Paul was based, I think now, I didn't realize at the time on all my spectacularly bad bosses over the years in the marketing fields. Like I had Myron and the ad agency, I had Wes and the company, you know, like there were just tons of them. And so kind of that misogynistic, um, domineering. Alpha. um, Alpha narcissist. Yeah. Yeah. So he kind of pops into my head. Yeah. And uh, it was kind of cathartic to get all of them out of here and onto the page in the form of Paul. So it was fun. You're you're speaking as a man. I mean, that to me is the most unbelievable thing for the, you know, for that, for for you, because the the whole style of speaking and the mannerism and the word choice even is so different. How did you get into his head? Well, I credit actually writing romance for two years with helping me because that was the first time that I'd actually written a male character because in at least in the um, kind of sweet romances that I was writing it was you'd have the man and the woman and the and the guy was talking for the first time and so the first time I wrote um, from a male perspective I showed my husband he's like we do not talk like that <laughs> what is this, this is not right. so it kind of was a, like a wake-up call lesson but I, I think because Paul was so in my head for all these years and just that type of a personality he um he I didn't even show anybody the the first draft it just kind of came out really quickly and I think that's one of the magic things you know like Elizabeth Gilbert talks about the magic hour I think when those those things start happening and flowing best ever is a great example of that it just came out he he was so present in my imagination that I like I would wake up in the morning and he'd be there (laughs) so it wasn't hard to write from his perspective because he was so there. Yeah. He's still kind of back there. Oh, yeah. oh, creepy, I know. creepy. He's so creepy. Yeah. So awful. Yeah. So another awful, creepy character. This was the one that, I mean, even more said than Paul. This mom <laughs> in this book was the worst woman I've ever read. And her creepy conversations with her driver. Um, oh my God, where did she come from? And, and I'm, I, I have another question, but it's just popped into my head. I'm going to get to that in a minute. Where did that terrible mother come from? Uh, Jane, I, you know, again, I think that was more of the societal instinct to feel like moms are always good, you know, and, and the ability to hide if you have enough money to do so. So Jane's a privileged 
wife living in a gated community. She has everything money can buy, but she's a little loony. So she, <laughs> a little, a little <laughs> loony. So I, I think, but, but she can, she's been behind the scenes. Like, I mean, people think she's a normal housewife, right? So that, and, and that was harder to write because I do think most moms are good. <laughs> they work really hard, but in this particular case, she, yeah, she wasn't what she seemed. And I, I mean, I like Jane because she has a really wicked sense of humor. Mm-hmm. She's fixated about ways you can die suddenly in your home, which I didn't know until I started writing her that she would be fixated like that about, you know, like death by dishwasher or yeah. you know, all kinds of things that she'll surprise you with. And she may be doing that to distract you from what she's actually up to. But yeah, she was fun to write. And yeah, uh, particular inspiration. I mean, do you know people that do you ever take? Characters. I know as a writer, I like to take little pieces of different people and meld them together into one person. Do you do that? I guess I do. I think it's more subconscious than consciously. I mean, I'll look through People Magazine to get like photo inspirations of people sometimes. I mean, that kind of helps. But as far as their personalities, it kind of, they just kind of develop. And I'm a pantser. So that means that I'm not great at at outlining, although I'm learning in my old age that people really like an outline, like my agents. People and agents. Not yeah. Where yeah. I'm like, oh, you guys are so boring, but I'm learning how to do it. Yeah. So, yeah. um, but before then I had the outline, I, my characters were just kind of out there in the, in the universe, their characters wise. And so they must be combinations of people I've met along the way. Mm-hmm. Well, let's hope we don't ever have to run into Jane. Because, um, no. you know, the, the, the no, book, is, I think I read, I read that book in literally one sitting. We were on a road trip that was a long way and I read the entire thing like yeah. over 10 or 12 hours. Yeah. I just couldn't put it down because she's so awful that she makes you turn the pages. So yeah, she's um, trying to be entertained with her um, charming wit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she and Paul are both like what you would call malignant narcissists. And some people say that's what they are. I, you know, I don't really, I'm not a psychiatrist so I don't know for sure what they are but I mean the, the thing about them is there's estimated to be five to ten percent of the population so you do know these people they are out there in the world they are oh, yeah. at parties with you and you know I mean they're there so but most people want to get away from them and you want to in their voice I want to like shine a light on us so people can see them I mean it, really it's true like I, I'm like oh my gosh I actually think I've developed this like second sense so I know when I when they're in the room yeah it's kind oh, of crazy. yeah you can feel it when they come in it's all about them um yeah. so Ruth Ware Lisa Jewell these are some of my other really favorite writers and you're kind of in that category but they are writing about the hunted and the injured your people are the ones that are doing the hunting and the injuring yeah. and they are the voice you're writing the thing that's so unique, and I've never run across this in reading any other novelist, is you write in the voice of the bad guy. So who are we rooting for? <laughs> it's it's uh, it's really different. How did how did you feel that the reader might not be rooting for your narrator? Yeah, I mean, I that's a thing. I mean, I want you you hopefully you find a little piece of Jane and a little piece of Tish in my next book. Um, yep, the next book. Like hopefully you find a little piece of them to be charming because I, I don't want you to hate them off the bat, but you're right. I do um, give voice to the bad guys and yeah. maybe you feel um, 
nervous for the people in their lives. That's, you know, and, and because for the most part, everybody else is good. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's just that. Um, but you're rooting for them not to win then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think so. Yeah. You probably should be. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe you're one of those terrible people. <laughs> you're not, if you're on their side, what does that say? I'm not sure, but yeah. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. Oh, just, it's yeah. so creepy. It almost gives me the chills just talking about it. Um, uh-huh. So how's it been for you trying to write during the pandemic? Yeah. I, you know, the pandemic has been weird, hasn't it? Cause it kind of went in waves, at least for me, like the first one was like, Hunker down and grow vegetables because we need sure. the pictures were wonderful. There's never going to be, be like Kara. How come I can't be like Kara? <laughs> no, and so that was funny. So I don't know what that was about, but I do like gardening. It's just like it was almost like I must garden. And then it came to like, oh, shoot. Okay, so we're going to be here for a while. Um, you probably should start trying to get a life, a regular sense of order back together. And for me, that's always been writing and, and stamping here in my office and mm-hmm. trying to get words on the page. And so I did that. I did a couple of novels, which was, you know, fun um, because that's, I love the creative part. And then, um, yeah. And then my agent didn't like either of them. So that was not fun. <laughs> so now I'm back. Yes. Yeah. Now I'm in the third phase of the pandemic. I like to call it. It's the hoping for a vaccine phase, the uh, <laughs> slowing down and learning how to outline phase and Slowly, all of my children have gone back out into the world. So then it will be back to empty nesting, I'm assuming, at some point. Did yeah. they all come home during the pandemic? Phase one. Yeah. Phase one, they were all back. Is there in LA? And that feels good, though, doesn't it? You know, it's like, okay, yeah, we're yeah, all like, down together. You know, we knew everything was safe. Yeah, it was yeah. good. So everybody's here. And then they slowly like went back when their job started back up again. Yeah. Yeah. So everybody's, I have one more left to, she's moving out in March and then I'll be, then I'll be sad again. <laughs> again. Yeah. But it's good that, you know, the writing is there and that's, and that's how you can fill your creative juices and your time. You have something, some people, you know, not to put anybody down who's doing puzzles, but I just, I don't think I could do that all day long. I want to kill myself. I have, I have to be creating something that didn't exist before. And I love creating the characters. I think you do. You have that same um, feeling that it's it's all about the people you're writing about. So that leads me into this next book, which comes out on my birthday on May 1st. Um, It's called the next wife. (laughs) That'll be a great Uh because I'll pre-order. So the next wife is coming out. Let's talk about these two women. Um, It's a first wife and a second wife. Would you call it a cat and mouse? type of thing um I, I guess that's probably is that like a genre that I'm supposed to know but I'm so bad about knowing about <laughs> I can just wing it again a not a good approach for all, most novelists just saying um we both yes. do our own thing don't fit into any category and that's why I, I just use you as my inspiration just so you know behind the scenes I'm like what's Kara doing okay I'll do that too yeah <laughs> doesn't know what she's doing she's just doing but yeah I guess it is a cat and mouse Beth thank you for giving me those words I will use those when I talk about it I'm just starting to talk about it as you know so it's like I haven't gotten my little pitch down yet but yeah it's definitely two women another novel um that was by Jocelyn Jackson called um uh have you ever (laughs) that's okay and that's and that's it, it boils down to two women and it's always who's on top And this is kind of what, I mean, I just, I just could not stand this woman. I I read it. I read the PDF that you sent me. Thank you for sending me that. Um, She's so awful. 
She's another awful person. And she's just so darn full of herself. I just want to take her and break her neck. But, you know, then, then you're kind of rooting for wife number one. So, yeah. Um, yes. But hopefully, because I wanted it to not be so obviously, you know, the scorned first wife and the, you yeah. know, new so second cliche. wife. Yeah. Too cliche. So I, I did. I had I had the idea. And then, you know, through the through the process of things. Hopefully you will find something to, again to like about Tish. She's scrappy and she's, you know, she sees opportunity and takes it. Right. Yeah. So that's not, you know, it's, it, it is what it is. And then Kate as well has always been um, pretty strong of a fighter, the first wife. So I think they're very, um, what would I say? Equal matches in a way. I mean, that's what makes not even realize. that's what makes oh, turn is they're so equal in what they are. But you said, I mean, for the reader, I think, at least for me, when I'm reading a novel, I'm rooting for something, something to happen and someone to get on top finally in the end. Um, Even when I'm watching TV shows, I'm trying to find who I'm rooting for because that's what keeps me glued to it. So have you had, um, as as far as uh, pandemic TV, what are you watching? Oh my gosh, so much stuff. (laughs) I've never watched so much TV in my own life. Okay, so... Currently up on deck, uh, Your Honor has me pretty gripped. Have you watched that? Me too. Oh my God. I just got chills when you said that. We just started watching that. We're just on episode three. You're so lucky because we're all caught up because they come out once a Sunday. So it's it's, breathless. I mean, I I almost like have to, you know, have heart palpitations while I'm watching it. Do those inspire you though in your writing that you want to get even darker than you've gotten? (laughs) I know. (laughs) I, I mean, I did get really dark on one of my pandemic novels and I was scaring myself. I would be up here and then all of a sudden I'm like, I got to get out of here. So I go downstairs. <laughs> this guy, I mean, I had no idea he was going to get that dark. So he might have been a little too dark for me. But anyway, yeah, no, I think I am dark enough. I, th- I, think, <laughs> I don't know what shade of darkness I'm in, but like there's like really, really dark. Like your honor's really, really dark. So. Yeah. I'd like to stay a little lighter than that, but yeah, yeah but I am. In- ever guess that you're dark because you're such a bubbly, you know, quintessential California mom with the gorgeous children and you're gorgeous and Harley's gorgeous. And, you know, and then all of a sudden there's creepy Kara, you know, <laughs> hiding in the closet. <laughs> let's never know what's going on inside somebody's head. Right. right. Um, let's talk about writing in first and third. And I, I, sometimes I get confused a little bit by that. I've had agents in the past and publishers say, you really need to write this book in third person. And I always fight that. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I love first person. And yeah, it's just, it's just so much more immediate for me. And I I feel like the characters are more present in in my head. So I'd like to always stick to that. I, and I like reading that as well. I don't know. It's just, I don't know. How do you feel? The yeah. third person stuff doesn't really get it for me. And it doesn't really get it for me writing either because the right. voice is just not there, you know? Yeah. And I, I, I mean, I did third person like in the earlier novels and everything. And I feel like it's almost like a process you go through to, to try to get more confidence in being actually right there. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. That's what helps us be a panster. Cause it's like what they're doing. We don't know what they're doing. We so have no we idea. Just kind of watch them as the writer. I totally right. Um, so in, in back to the next wife real quickly, you have alternating voices in this book. Have you ever done that before that you felt was, you know, really cathartic for you? And the, the bigger question was, even when I was reading, 
I knew it because you did such a good job. And I want to ask you how you did that, how you got two women who are very similar in personality and very similar driven, ambitious women, but you made them sound totally different. How hard was that for you or was it? Thank you. I mean, hopefully, I mean, again, because they're, they're kind of with you while you're writing you and there's, they are, they're both very driven, but they both have different goals and objectives and they both came from very different backgrounds. So I think that helped to just trying to um, always, when you're on the page writing the character that you're working on, whether it was Tish or Kate being trying to be so focused on what she would do because of her background, because of her story, because of her life, because of her objectives mm-hmm. that, that helps differentiate them. But yeah, that is a, a challenge to make sure they have different voices, different manners of speaking, different yes. phrases, all that good stuff. It's all that good dialogue, you know, and I go back to first daughter, the dialogue between the driver and the mother was some of the most standout dialogue I've ever read. And I always remember that those conversations because they were so spot on, literally just bullseye. So that was really entertaining. Um, You know, uh, do you read your own genre? A lot of people like what they write. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I I love it. I'm a voracious reader when I'm not in the draft phase because I don't want to get other people's words in my head. So right now I'm, cause I'm drafting right now. I can't, I have like a whole stack of things that have come in that I haven't gotten to read yet, but I can't wait to uh, be in my space when I send it away and I get to write, I mean, read. And, and who, do you like to, who do you like to read? And do you, do you read other genres too? Historicals or anything? You know, I just ordered the four wins and I can't wait to start that. And, you know, my grandmother survived the Dust Bowl. She lived in Texas and um, she, I just remember her story so vividly. And I actually have an unpolished novel about the same topic. So I can't wait to read. I'm just, I've always been riveted by the Dust Bowl and this colossal uh, environmental disaster that was all our own making. That's just greed. Anyway, so that, that's there. But then I also, yeah. Then I have, um, gosh, I can't, I can't even name. They're all over there, but like a stack of other novels. By there's so many great women writing in the suspense thriller category. It's so much fun, and I not that there aren't great men too, but I, I just happen to think it's this amazing moment of woman power <laughs> rising up and taking over this. Not taking over, not taking over, but just just making a stand in the kind of thriller writer area. It's yeah, so that's what I've been doing during pandemic is discovering all these psychological thrillers and discovering that I'm probably not that good at writing those things. <laughs> that's been a rude awakening, <laughs> but yeah. I'm really going to keep trying. Uh, sometimes when you write things that are too near and dear to your heart, it sounds more, you know, narrative rather than, um, than it should instead of right. Like, that's taking that step away. Right. Yeah, it's really yeah. been really, really tough for me. Um, and so I went back to doing some rom-coms. <laughs> that's what I'm good at. <laughs> well, I think maybe, more time too. I mean, I think with Paul, for example, in Best Day Ever, I didn't write about all of that stuff that happened to me back, you know, in my job career days until it was settled and processed. And then they come out, you know what I mean? There there's enough time and layers of things that it wasn't about their stories and it wasn't about those characters. It was that type of person that came to life on the page. So maybe, okay. maybe that's, that's a really good point. Because some of the stuff that is so recent, 
And yeah. so I was trying to, you know, but anyway, I, I, it's still out there. I've got uh, two, two agents reading. So we'll, we'll see, we'll see what happens. And, you know, many people are like, oh, you're so funny. Go back to the rom-coms. And do you have rom-coms you want to send me? And sure. I was going to tell you a writer that I really like that I just discovered this week. Wendy, is it Wendy Walker? Oh yeah. Yeah. She's great. Yeah. Yeah. Her newest one, Don't Look For Me, I think it's what it's called. It's really creepy. Yeah. Um, do you really? think ever go back and continue to write other genres? I know there's some writers that'll write under one name and another name, and then they just keep pumping out a couple books a year. How do you feel about that? I would love to. I, um, like I said, I, I would love to try historical fiction, but that's just a whole other brand of <laughs> writing. You know, you really have to research and you have to have the terminology. Or for pantsers. <laughs> yeah, for pantsers. So that would be a a fun challenge for me someday to be able to really do what Kristen Hanna does like so well like how you know how do you how do you do that so yeah I would love to someday well your book comes out on May 1st and it's called The Next Wife pictures right over your shoulder and I'm mm-hmm. gonna hold up my copies of your other two fabulous books that really were your breakout moments and um, I love both of these books uh, the characters were the creepiest characters I still say even more so than Paul that mother drove me nuts. I know. She, she kept me turning the pages because I'm like, no, she didn't. She didn't do that. Did she do that? Oh, my God. So anyway, good, good job, Kara. Oh, my God. I love reading your work and I love having you on. Thank you so much for being my guest today. Everybody stay peeled. You know when the uh, pre-order date is for the next wife or is it up yet? It's up now. Oh, yeah, you can awesome. pre-order now. Everybody go order the next wife uh, if you like being creeped out and page turning and up all night reading. All right, Kara, thank you so much. Thank you, Beth. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. You're so welcome. We'll we'll promote the heck out of it uh, coming up for May 1st as well. Thank you all for joining us today. We really appreciate you guys being here. I'm Beth Albright, and this is the best book show ever.